0: It was a day of highlights in 11-on-11 11 11 at Bengals training camp, plus offensive line rotation in effect for those backups at right tackle and right guard, and hear from Cam Taylor Britt. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. The Bengals have gone through two days of training camp now as we record this episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow so our content is delivered to your device every day when we upload. James, we're going to get into another day of training camp. A lot of highlights today as Joe Burrow, not yet back at practice, but that doesn't mean there aren't big plays to be made. There's still football practice happening. We are seeing the annual shuffling of offensive linemen that we seem to see every year in the Zach Taylor era as the Bengals try to figure out who will be the backups at right guard and right tackle. There are a couple minor moves, minor injury updates, and James, you talked to Cam Taylor-Britt, and we're going to see how that went at the end of the show, but let's start with 11-on-11s. We have some big highlights, many of them, if you're an avid Bengals fan, you may have seen, you may have sought these out on Twitter or otherwise, but we'll talk about a few of them and, and what our favorites were.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of big plays. And first off, thank you, Zach Taylor, for doing a little 11 on 11. Cause I was mid practice, I was like, oh man, this, we're not doing as much as we did yesterday. Like, what, what, what the hell are we going to talk about? And then he was like, no, no, I, I got you, James. He, he gave me a shout out. He gave me the hand signal, the 11 on 11 hand signal. I can't really uh, confirm that, but I can't deny it either. And guess what? They were doing some 11 on 11s. And, and it started, I, I mean, Right from the jump, Brandon Allen drops back to pass. Uh, I think it was the second play of 11 on 11s, maybe the third. It was his first pass of the day. Drops back to pass and hits his man Von Bell for a pick 6-24, takes it all the way to the house. Um, you, I know you saw this play. Uh, it was a really good play by Von Bell. It was an awful decision by Brandon Allen, who did redeem himself later in practice, uh, but got off to a rocky start certainly. Um, but, yeah, defense usually has uh, more success early in camp, and we saw that early uh, in 11-on-11s with Von Bell's pick six. I was curious what his dance was going to be, but uh, we didn't get to see that dance today.
0: I have a couple couple thoughts on this play. One, Brandon Allen is the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals in practice right now, so of course the defense looks better than the offense, if that's even truly the case. And there are a mix of defensive and offensive highlights big plays we're going to talk about Two, absolutely fantastic play from Von Bell who's covering a tight end in the flat has a recognition pattern recognition of something that Chidobe Abouzier talked about when he played in the chess tournament pattern recognition to come off his man as Brandon Allen tried to throw it to the other tight end running a little out route I think behind the flat kind of a, a high low concept high low read for Brandon Allen there and he comes off his man gets under the throwing lane. It's what Madden would call a user lurk for Von Bell. Third, it wasn't a pick six, and everyone has reported it this way. And I'm very confused. So maybe you can clarify for me because from what I saw, Stanley Morgan caught him very early after the interception. And then the play just continued, and whistles blew, and people stopped running.
1: Well, that's one. He's have to tackle him. Two, I don't know, but he was there. I'm just it saying. It could have been a pick six. Yeah. I, I don't know. You trusted Stanley Morgan to tackle Von Bell? I don't know. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't, maybe Stanley Morgan
0: is a fantastic special teams player.
1: Good. This isn't special teams. This is, I pick mean, it's, six it's, it's
0: like the same, it's the same idea.
1: I, I Maybe I'm just saying, but um no, could it, could have certainly been a pick six. Honestly, it really could have. Uh Cause he, he gets the, he jumps in front and he kind of gets the head start. Now does Morgan get him? Maybe, maybe he would have, he uh, caught up he, put he two was, hands
0: on his back and then let up. That's what I saw.
1: Two hands on his back. This isn't two-hand touch, James. Yeah, there's no tackling on day two of training camp, James. I'm not going to argue about this. Here's what I will say. (laughs) I got Von Von Bell in an arm wrestling match. That's what I'm going to say. Anyways, and who knows? I know that has nothing to do with it, but maybe they'll run Oklahoma drill. Zero chance that happens. Anyways, let's keep the big plays going. (laughs) And uh, this one, since we just did a defensive one, let's go uh, to the offense where Mike Hilton got, I don't want to say mossed. Because, look, Hayden Hurst is a lot bigger than Mike Hilton. And he should be able to high point the ball over Mike Hilton. Mm -hmm. But he did a great job of it and made an acrobatic rolling catch in 11 all 11s where he just high pointed the ball and – let go of it for a second because he was so high and was able to catch it as he was coming to the ground uh, and maintain possession. It was a hell of a catch. Uh, and that was the the second big play. We can do them in order, but that was the second big play. Uh, had a couple other catches today. Hayden Hurst looks good. And, and I think there was a couple of times today where I was like, oh, Joe Burrow's going to love you. <laughs> and so I think Hayden Hurst could be in line for a big season.
0: And that has been some speculation from Bengals fans since he was signed that, Hey, maybe there's actually a receiving upgrade here. Nice to see him making some plays and listed by Charlie Goldsmith as well as one of the good performers of practice in in day one of training camp. We didn't really talk about him as much yesterday, but making some plays certainly in uh, on day two of practice. The next one that I saw, and I I think the next one on your list, maybe not, we're going to keep our, defense offense alternating order going here though was jadobe abuzie in coverage on jamar chase on a throw to the sideline kind of a jump ball maybe not the most precise pass Uh, not a not a joe burrow accurate pass to jamar chase here but a really nice play for jadobe abuzie to get his hand in there and break a pass to jamar chase up at the catch point both these guys are really good obviously and they had a great battle in training camp last year as well but Hat tip to Cheeto for breaking up a pass at the catch point with Jamar Chase, where he was very dominant, winning those 50-50, winning those jump ball, winning those back shoulder situations last year.
1: Yeah, he had, Cheeto had one hand in there, Jamar had both in, and I I got a great angle of it that I'll post, but yeah, he uh, was a hell of a play. It was. And you're right. It could have been maybe a little bit of a better throw, but I think the throw was fine. And I, I think Cheeto, great coverage. And that, that was towards the end of practice. You went out of order, but that's OK. But it was a great play by Cheeto. Um, but I, I think what happened was. Eli Apple got burnt a few times, burnt apples. And so they had to switch and and, and Jamar went on the other side. Right. You know, burnt crispy apples, the first one of which it, it was more uh, bad brain and Allen. And this is kind of a low light. It was maybe a few plays after the interception, but maybe a series after before um, the, the big play to chase and chase is wide open burns Eli Apple. And the ball is late and short, not one or the other it's late and short. And so Eli Apple celebrated afterwards, by the way, even though it was uh, half of a burnt apple pie. And then later chase uh, was able to get him 60 yard touchdown play action. Brandon Allen, <laughs> I thought he was playing against the Houston Texans in 2020, man. He dropped it. Well, it actually wasn't a perfect throw, but it was a good throw. And uh, Jamar Chase had enough separation, 60-yard touchdown. And I know he let Eli Apple know because Eli was jabbing and, and talking a lot. So that was a a huge, huge play. And then after that, that's when Cheeto versus Chase. And it looked like Chase was like, all right, throw me up one more. and uh, and, and Brandon was like, okay. So he threw him up one more. And, and Cheeto made a great play. But that's good. It's good for Chase, uh, who clearly wants reps on reps on reps right now, um, but in looks great. He looks better, in, and he should, right? He should look better in practice this year than he did last year. But like, you know, there was the talk about, oh, well, maybe he's just not a practice player. He made a lot of a lot of big plays. He was getting plenty of separation um, today. And so it, it's showing. Even without Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase is still open.
0: And he's also talked about he doesn't want what happened to him last year in training camp to ever happen to him again. That was very uncomfortable for him. He did not like that he was dropping passes, performing the way he was performing, that the narrative was what it was, and clearly making a, a concerted effort. Also, staying out with T. Higgins after practice to catch passes from the jugs machine, coming out like really fast, about eight yards away. So, like close proximity fastballs, and these guys snagging them out of the air no problem and it's well documented that working with the jugs machine can improve wide receivers abilities to catch the football those are the highlights coming up next a rotation on the offensive line some other guys getting their turn with alex Kappa still being held out of the team portion of practice and lael collins still working his way back from his back injury we get into the offensive line coming up next
1: But first, a word from Bet Online because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events in one spot. So whether you want to wager on Jamar Chase to win Offensive Player of the Year, maybe you think Joey B is going to be MVP, maybe you think the Bengals are going to finish the job and win it all in 2022. Well, you can wager on all of that, plus Major League Baseball, NBA Futures. Will Kevin Durant go to anywhere will he stay in brooklyn he should go to the celtics by the way two seconds on the nba the celtics should absolutely trade for kevin durant but you can wager on that and so much more at bet online so go to the website today bet online sign up for free and start wagering and start making money baby bet online where the game starts
0: Yesterday at practice, I should say the first day of Bengals training camp practice, Hakeem Adanji was getting snaps at right guard for Alex Kappa and Isaiah Prince was getting snaps at right tackle for Lyle Collins. I asked you, where was Deontay Smith taking reps? Mm -hmm. Where's, where's Bolson Bolson with the second team Mm -hmm. today to uh, the second day of Bengals training camp, as has been a theme Like I said, as has been a theme in Bengals training camp, rotating options, getting different guys looks with different units at different positions where there's positional versatility to see how they look. Cordell Volson was the substitute for Alex Kappa in team drills today. And at right tackle was Deontay Smith. I don't know if we should read anything into the order of who got the first turn, who got the second turn. Maybe there's a hint there as to who started higher on the depth chart at those positions, or maybe it is just a coin flip and, and they are purely rotating. But yesterday you cautioned when I said it's a chemo energy and Isaiah Prince first off the bench. You, you made a great point that it was the first day
1: of practice
0: <laughs> and let's see what they do. And lo and behold, rotate. They did.
1: Yeah, they did. And um, I'm glad they did that being said just as you were describing that, I was just kind of thinking, and it's like, man, it really sucks Kappa isn't in there. And it doesn't suck because I think it's going to hurt him in 2022 or anything like that. I I get the Bengals playing it safe. But Jackson-Carmen was the one spot, that left guard spot, was the one spot coming into camp where you're like, huh, I wonder, will it be Jackson, will it be Cordell Volson? will it be Deontay Smith or Akima Deneji pushing for that left guard spot? And yet all these guys – and. We're just not seeing them right now. It's been Jackson Carmen getting all of the first team reps. So while I like seeing Cordell Volson out there and getting valuable reps, and I do think Deontay Smith has some traits to him, and I want to see him get reps with the ones. That's great uh, in this situation, of course. Uh, that being said, it's like, well, damn, is Jackson just going to be the guy right now? So that's, that's like the next domino for me is when Kappa comes back, do we see a left guard rotation? And obviously there's plenty of time, much like I caution you, I'm going to caution me. I don't think that necessarily Jackson Carmen is, you know, starting left guard after two days, because I still think it is a competition. And at some point uh, we're going to see a rotation at we just have to, uh, unless he just breaks the doors off of it. And right now we're just not at that stage of camp where any trench player that's trying to win a job can win the job. Cause we're just not there yet. They're not really hitting much. So uh, that's my, question mark almost mm-hmm. is is when do we see a left guard rotation and does Alex Kappa have to come back for that to happen or are they just super pleased with Jackson and Carmen, which I don't buy into. I don't think that's the case as of now. Not that they're not pleased with him, but I just don't think anyone could have won that left guard job yet with based on what we've seen.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we see Carmen continue to take first team reps until the first preseason game. And and then they reevaluate things after that first preseason game. Also, who knows what happens when guys get hurt, guys get healthy, or if Jackson Carmen has a particularly bad practice, especially when the pads get on. But again, I think it wouldn't surprise me to see them give him every chance in the world to win the job before he's really challenged with the first team. Give him all the opportunities. Second round pick last year, right? Big investment. Give him all the opportunities to develop that chemistry with Jonah Williams, who he hardly played beside last year. And with Ted Karras is the, the new center that he would be playing with no matter which guard position he was aligned at. So in these pre-contact, you know, light contact portions of early training camp where they're still wearing the extra padding on the helmets and the trenches and everything, it wouldn't shock me to see Jackson Carmen retain the first team reps because I think he, he is, you know, for, for now, the leader. He he is the front runner for that job, despite the experience that fans had with him last year and and over the off season, and and the general feeling that oh, there's got to be something better. I think there's the same feeling with Trey Hill and Ben Brown. There's got to be something better. Same feeling at right guard with Hakeem Adeniji and and uh, the the new guy, Volson. Like. Just because something is new doesn't necessarily mean it's better is all I'm saying. And and we sh- should expect to see the guys that have a year in the system have a bit of a leg up, especially if Deontay Smith is working a tackle because then if, if Deontay Smith is working a tackle, who's challenging Jackson Carmen, a fourth round rookie from North Dakota state who could be very good, but an old fourth round rookie from North Dakota state, right? who may need time to adapt to the speed of the NFL game, the, the power of the NFL game. Maybe not. Maybe Volson gets his opportunity very soon. And Hakeem Denerji, who, again, I think people are excited to see alternates to what they saw last year not work. And so I think there's just a, a bit of the new shiny thing is exciting right now when, when some folks are looking at these competitions.
1: I get that. I also think that this coaching staff picked Akima Denegi over Jackson Carmen in the biggest game of their coaching careers, Mm -hmm. you know? So like what changed from then to now Jackson's a second round pick. Is that it? You know, like I, I just, I I don't know. And so that's the part I'm expecting a competition at some point because Jackson what because he's in better shape well that's great so is kevin huber they're not handing in the punter job you know like so i, I do agree that it.
0: at some point there will be a competition like 100 percent. i think the coaches have even said as much the competition didn't even start in otas that's a prelude to the competition and we're not even in full contact yet mm-hmm. in training camp so it's it's really hard to say too much at this point but again, it just it wouldn't surprise me to see Carmen retain most of those first team reps for, for the immediate future for the next few days.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's just it, – and is it just an effect of, oh, well, cap is out, so this is how we're going to do it for now. And it, it might just be that simple. It might not. Maybe you're right. Um, and, and so that's the dynamic that's going to be interesting to see because that's the one hole. Like, let me ask you this. This is actually fun. What are you worried about most? kappa's injury collins's injury or left guard because to me it's easily left guard it's it's actually
0: really close to me for for left guard and right tackle because just because of collins history i'm not terribly concerned but there is a chance that you know he he just has nagging injuries all year and it makes him miss five six games like Th- that chance of him missing significant time versus your left guard is below average. Th- those are the things that I'm thinking about because I- I'm thinking that Jackson Carmen currently in my mind should be at least a little bit better. Whoever's playing at left guard should be a little bit better, but that was kind of folly last year. Wasn't it? When we thought this line can't be as bad as it was the year before. And and then it, it well, didn't perform very well, so so that could just be a case of of too optimistic thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's two foot one. I saw Collins today; he was walking through the locker. He seems fine. I, I think they're he, just taking a really, yeah. yeah. So so there's that part. I get the injury history though, uh, but it, it's not just Jackson Carmen be better than he was last year. It's what did they have last year? Well, they had Quentin Spain. Can Jackson Carmen be mm-hmm. slightly better than Spain? last year and that's just to be an upgrade in that that position and maybe it is just have a young guy that can be at least as good as Quentin Spain was with guys that are better around him so that's that's the dynamic and that's the exciting part about really we'll see it a little bit on Saturday I think but next week is when we get into the trenches and we can start to really evaluate these guys a bit and and
0: I want to see more fan video uh, I'm only seeing media videos on Twitter. I, I even tweeted today, like, "Where's the hero in the stands that emerges every year at training camp to post all of that bleacher footage of these drills? Where are you? I need you. I need a hero. I need I need a hero to emerge here."
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's been a little different. Like fans have been away, especially on on the offensive side. Yeah. They've been on the far field from the fans. So that, that's been harder on them, I would say.
0: Well, maybe that will develop in the next few days. The next training camp practice that we'll have updates from, of course, on the Lockdown Bengals podcast will be after Back Together Saturday. But we do have an interview with Cam Taylor-Britt. We have some minor notes to get to, so we'll wrap up our show with those two topics. Let's go to those minor notes first. The first of those minor notes that we want to hit is unfortunately for the running back carted off the field yesterday, the son of Evander Hollyfield, Elijah. What's his first name, James? Elijah Hollyfield. Elijah Hollyfield. Sorry, I was blanking on his first name for a moment. Has been placed on the injured reserve and Jacques Patrick was signed to replace him. So a familiar face, a preseason hero, returns to the Bengals to fill out running back depth here for another preseason and the other note is that Mitchell Wilcox we've talked about this roster battle at tight end for tight end three Wilcox dealt with some injuries last year although he was a very core special teamer for this team and so did Thaddeus Moss deal with injuries but Wilcox was not in practice on the second day of training camp and was working on the bike instead so those are The two minor updates I have, James, is there anything else that we need to hit from training camp day two before we get to Cam Taylor Britt? So Cam Taylor Britt, a guy we talked about a little bit yesterday, somebody that we are excited to watch in training camp, somebody who brings great energy and great confidence. And James, you had a chance to talk to him on on Thursday.
1: In the Bengals locker room with can't say Cam Brett. How, Cam, how's the NFL like treating you so far?
2: Man, it's great, man. Honestly, just being around all these guys, you know, especially the veterans always, you know, helping us in any way possible, man. It's, it's a great feeling.
1: How was your first practice yesterday?
2: Amazing. Uh, we got to keep stacking them, though. So the first day can be good, but we got to have, you know, better days after that.
1: I know you talked about you wanted to intercept Joe Burrow. How bummed are you that he, he's not here at the moment and how much are you looking forward to him coming
2: back man i can't wait for him to come back i wouldn't even say i'm bummed because you know he has a situation but other than that man i can't wait for him to get back you know so that competition would get just get better and better every day you know especially going against the receivers that we're going against and you know him as being as accurate that he is you know uh, they, that's a you know a challenge that i'm ready for
1: What's the biggest or the hardest thing that you've dealt with thus far adjusting to life in the NFL? Uh,
2: probably just the terminology. Honestly, uh, I wouldn't say football is any different. You know, the speed is, you know, it's faster. But as uh, far as, like, the words that they use, you know, it's different from my college terms. So, you know, I have to get those now packed so I can be able to play fast on the field.
1: There's about fifty two people around Dax Hill right now. What's what's your relationship with him being from the, in the same draft as rookies?
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> nah that's my boy man. <laughs> uh honestly when we came in together we, we just clicked instantly. Uh you know we played at Michigan and I played in Nebraska so we ran into each other. It's big ten family and now we're actually family here now.
1: I know you're a competitor. Do you no guys more, have definitely. a friendly competition? I know you guys are in different spots <laughs> it's a
2: safety or a corner but you're both rookies. Most well, definitely uh, we had an interception uh know, in our little pot right now we're, uh-huh. we wanna talk about but yeah we're gonna uh uh, we're gonna have competition time throughout this whole training camp and you know just make sure that we stand on top of each other.
1: So what's the, the pot for the most interceptions? Interceptions, in as as you
2: fumbles, uh anything, you know, miss ops, anything. Gotcha. It's so harder. so
1: even if it's loafing too, yes. all of it's all in of that's on there. Is <laughs> that among all the DBs or everybody, just everybody, okay.
2: yeah. We uh just kind of initiated that not too long ago with all the other guys as well. So yeah, we're gonna see who at the top.
1: Let's let's talk about that a little bit because okay. it is a veteran
2: Most defensive definitely.
1: back room. How, how much are you learning from these veterans?
2: learned a lot, and still learning. Mm-hmm. I always ask questions just because we don't know everything, and I look up to those guys. They've been here, and they, what they did last year was amazing. You know, and I plan to come here and do my job and play my role and help them get back there.
1: How valuable is it to have veterans like that around you?
2: Very. Um, just because these guys are not like any other guys on different teams, they really. We want to see you win, even though it's dog-eat-dog dog world in the NFL. They really want to see you make plays, though, even when you get the opportunity. So I look up to them, and I really appreciate it.
1: Going back to draft night, you had the best conference call ever.
2: I know we, we posted it. It was, yeah. And we
1: don't post conference calls usually. We usually just use the quotes. Yeah. But it was like, man, Cam Taylor was Ritz crazy. was so – was that the happiest moment of your life? Because you were honestly. pretty turned.
2: Yeah, honestly <laughs> – I'm glad I didn't catch the aftermath of when I got off the call because it was just, yeah, it was mayhem. And, there uh, man, it was probably one of the, the best moments of my life, honestly, just having the opportunity to, you know, bless my family and, you know, just to, you know, elevate everybody in my life right now. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity.
1: Do you remember a lot from that night? Was it a blur just because it was so quick? Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it was very fast, you know, just getting the call right then and waiting on the commercials to hurry up and go by. And I'm like... Uh, they're going to call the commercials when they call them my name. You know, hurry up. But, you know, when I got that call, man, it was like everything was slow motion for me. And, you know, ever since then, we've been full of
1: Well, I know uh, fans are excited to have you here. They love that call, and they're, they're excited to watch clips of you. So I appreciate the time.
2: I appreciate you. Hootay, baby.
0: There are a couple things there that, that I really like. One, the ping pong going nonstop in the, back, <laughs> in the background of that yep. interview. That ping pong table in the Bengals' locker room going strong. Two, the the competition, the the acknowledgement of the of coming in with, with Dax Hill and uh you know, it also makes me me wonder where's Dax Hill aligning. So we can talk about that a little bit as well, maybe before we we get out of here, where where he's been on defense, if he's kind of playing that Jack of all defensive back trades role that we envisioned, yeah. or if he's just playing safety with Jesse Bates being away. But but I mean, what what an engaging, charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Is another takeaway with Cam Taylor Britt. Like, excited to talk about things, happy to talk about things, like, very, very engaging human being.
1: He's easy to root for. Uh, I would say that. I think fans already love him, but are going to continue to love him. I, it is worth noting he did make a couple plays in practice with the second team defense, uh, had a pass breakup, um, was close to an interception at one point, um, not going against the first team, but still worth noting um, as far as Dax Hill goes. And it was funny because I interviewed Cam Taylor Britt. I had talked to Dax Hill for, I don't know, five minutes, one-on-one, just we were chopping it up. And then uh, I could feel the, just the group, the media behind me. And they wanted to talk to the first rounder. So I, I was like, ah, I'm good. I, I, I don't need to interview you today. And so shook his hand. And I said, I think they want to talk to you. So I got out of there. And there was probably 30 media members around Dax. I mean, at least 15. they are probably not 30. I'm exaggerating a little. But it was like a whole thing around Dax. And Cam Taylor-Britt got on another locker and uh, was acting like he was videotaping Dax Hill because they were on the same side. Their lockers are close to each other. So I was like, all right, I'm going to talk to Cam Taylor-Britt. Anyways, one one quick note about Dax that I I forgot uh, that he told me, and I think he ended up telling everybody. But uh, Jesse Bates did reach out to Dax Hill. Uh, after the the first training camp practice on Wednesday, and it sounds like, and this is the thing I got that I don't think anybody else got, that they're going to watch film together because Daxel's been playing strictly at that safety spot. Mm-hmm. He's been playing deep. He's been dropping all those things, so he's he's adjusting to that part, playing that deep safety look. And I I think that uh, him and Jesse at some point are going to watch film together. So the coaching staff can't talk to Jesse Bates, just for those wondering, because he's not under contract, but. Players, Of course they can. And and I thought that was a very classy gesture by Jesse. And uh, Dax was like, yeah, I've heard he's a good guy. I was like, yeah, he's he's always been good to me. So I know it's weird. I know it's ugly on the business side and it's awkward for fans because you really want the Bengals to win and all that. But uh, I think he wants the Bengals to win. He's just the business side is the business side. So clearly the fact that he reached out to Dax Hill that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Dax didn't reach out to him. Dax said, hey, yeah, Jesse reached out to me after Wednesday's practice. The more
0: time I spend hearing NFL players and, and coaches say over and over there's just a business side of things, the more it makes sense. It's one of those things that you, you hear it all the time and it becomes a platitude. It becomes overused. It becomes kind of meaningless. But I think it is actually, in most cases, truly separate from from the way these guys think about football they think about they think about it as a totally different aspect of of being an nfl player and i don't think that it often crosses over into you know relationships with coaches and players and things like that the the more the more i hear about it the more that's just what it sounds like is is Mm -hmm. they treat it like a business up to a point and then when they're in the building when they're doing football things it's just time to play football and and do their best for the football team that they're on. Obviously, there are cases where things become really toxic and this isn't the case, but but I think for the most part, that's what it ends up being. And so that that does that was just a, a general takeaway I had today because I, I think I watched a CJ Uzama interview when he was talking about the business of things and how he wasn't getting the offer he wanted or or close enough to what the Jets offered from the Bengals. And so he moved on and it just kind of made me think about the Jesse Bates situation as well. So exciting to see uh, Cam Taylor Britt and, and uh, Dax Hill getting in on the competition with the rest of these veterans. Exciting to see the way that's going to go. And Hey, if Cam Taylor Britt keeps playing well with the second team and Eli Apple is having his up and down Uh time with the first team, well, it was just against chase. Yeah. Yeah. I I want Cam Taylor Britt to get opportunities against Jamar Chase. That's all I'm saying. Not against it. You talk about offensive line rotation. I I think that, hey, another second rounder that could get some reps against (laughs) some first-team players, Cam Taylor-Britt. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will be back with a special episode on Saturday. After Back Together Saturday, you guys can all head down to Paul Brown Stadium if you have tickets to check out that training camp practices. The team welcomes folks into the stadium, and we'll have your recap after Saturday. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hooday. and have a good one.